G'day listeners and welcome to the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper League teams. Uh, my name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How are you doing this week, Kays? I'm okay, Hollywood. Yourself? Why, Why are you only okay? Well, my Saturday started out so fantastically. Yeah. You know, went to the gym, caught up oh. with some mates, had a great lunch. I see Had a where few this is like going. semi-craft beers before the big game. Yep. And then uh, semi crafts, obviously pirate laughs and things like that. That <laughs> was the James Squire. No, James uh, Squire. Yeah. That's semi craft. Yeah, you can. Um, isn't it? Uh, it's owned by a lion. Yeah, but it's like it's, <laughs> it's like the gateway of craft beer. Yeah, gateway. Fair yes. enough. But anyway, um, continue. Anyway, it was delicious. Going down a tree, walked across the bridge, and then my day just got worse. Why'd you fall off the bridge or something? I wish I did. It would have been more <laughs> enjoyable than what I watched for the next two and a bit hours. Yeah, it, was it was just a cakewalk. Pretty disgraceful for uh, your mob case. Um, I'm not going to lie, but I was pretty happy to be on the other end of it, uh, copying that pasting, uh, oh, sorry, giving that pasting to you boys. But uh, look, I was thinking more about your um, Keeper League side in our league mm. case. You're two and zip and absolutely smashing it. What's going on? Uh, I drafted to win and guess what's happening, Hef? I'm yeah. winning. Like you did, like that's why I was critical of your strategy because I thought you are your team, your keepers. There is no chance you're in contention this year. Why are you drafting all these old dudes and key forwards and things? But they're turning on a putting mm. on a clinic for you, Kays. They're actually absolutely smashing the opposition. So you're at the chance. I still think the the best player in the comp uh, is probably still the best player in the comp. But yes. uh, you're up there, Kays. You're doing pretty well. I'm around there. Uh, you know, Mills 103, Bo's 113, then obviously Jack McRae 124, leading the way with my skipper. But uh, you know, and I've got injuries, mate. I've got I don't have. Rest. Don't have um, Heppel, you know, so I'm not, you know, I'm not at full strength. Yeah, right. You could be a powerhouse. Uh, yeah. I am injury ravaged, and all my players have turned shit, especially James Warple. I'm looking in your direction, mate. Uh, we'll talk about him uh, today, but yeah, I, I can't catch a trick. I can't even pick a captain. No, it's not, uh, it's not going well for me at the moment. Tale of two cities, really. Absolutely, but it's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm claiming You'll I'm still in my. Back. It's I'm a long claiming season. I'm still in my rebuilding phase. It's a long I'm season. It's third long year season. into it, but uh, we'll see how we go. Um, all right, let's get stuck into it. Uh, but before we uh, begin, we'll thank Remedy Kombucha um, for the uh, drinks for the show, and uh, yeah, we'll. Um, what were we saying about them? Oh, that's right. If you want to buy um, some kombucha, you need to go to remedydrinks.com.au/slash/shop. And use the coupon code KEEPER20. Nailed it. And then, yeah, sorry. You're pointing at me and I thought you were wanting to say something, but you were well, just yeah. seeing if I could actually get it right. Can you remember it? Yeah, but I got it right. Can you hear that, Hef? No, I can't. Can you hear that? No, I'm deaf. What is that sound, Kays? Why are you playing some random Mexican music through here, through your iPhone, into the, into the microphone? Well, Hef, <laughs> I'm not that tech savvy, but hopefully that worked in real life. Guess what? Zambreros are coming on board to support our Keeper League pod listeners. How bloody good is this, Hef? That is pretty good. So, what are they doing, Kays? So, we've got heaps and heaps of vouchers to give away throughout the footy season. So, each week, we're going to be giving away a uh, burrito or bowl for you and a mate each week. So, jump online uh, to our Keeper League website. Punch in your details. I think it's keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambrero. See, nailed it. This is why you're the man. So, put in your details and you could be one of the guys or girls who takes away a couple of burritos to celebrate with you and a mate. That sounds bloody fantastic. I actually had one on the weekend. uh, Pre-footy? No, I didn't. After the footy, post-footy. I knew this kind of deal was coming up. So, I was like, I'm going to get around the new sponsor. And and what did you uh, go with? I went with the uh, the pulled pork. Just a standard, really. I had a... 
a um, I had a uh, a big like list of uh, one of our listeners who kind of helped orchestrate this. Uh, uh, gave me like his signature um, burrito, and yeah. I was going to order it, but I choked because they didn't like it was so elaborate and had so many different things, and I just didn't want to be a pain in the ass. So I was just like, oh, I'll just get the. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna have to get this special because I'm going to yeah. have to hit it up. I'll uh, I'll send it through to you. I'll send you a screenshot of it. But uh, yeah, look, obviously uh, Remedy um, is available in all Zambrero stores mm-hmm. as well, so it's a nice little pass- partnership. So if you want to buy some Remedy, uh, head to their website and use uh, the coupon code KEEPER20 to buy some of that. But uh, yeah, if you want a free burrito, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambrero and uh, have a crack at winning one of those. I think we have, uh, we're giving away two a week for the rest of the season. So, so good. Um, yeah, good luck with that. And uh, yeah, jump on, fill out the form and you could be in the chance to win. All right, enough plug-in products, Kays. We're not sellouts. We need to actually get into the round rewind. So let's get it done. All right, Kays. First game of the round was Carlton versus Collingwood. And uh, you'll talk about a few Collingwood players first up, mm-hmm. namely Jordan Degoe, who is a member of your team that is flying. He uh, how did he go on Thursday night? Look, he was second best on ground in my view. 90 points from him, four first half snags, and was just genuinely electric. Um, look, I, I tweeted something out that he was back, and all these buddy AFL fantasy classic people are like, no, he's not getting the midfield minutes that he was supposed to be getting, blah, 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 trade, trade, trade. He was never going to because he is such a good forward. Yes, he might roll through the midfield at times. But the other thing on, on whatever, Thursday night, uh, Jamie Elliott went down, who's their basically their next best, you know, medium forward. He was obviously going to come have to like play more at home on that night. So if you're an owner or you want to get involved, don't let the fact that he's not rolling through the midfield all the time get you down. He does what he does best. He pinch hits in there, gets a couple of quick clearances, goes forward, kicks goals and scores pretty well. Uh, look, I think you're still sticking with him. Um, you know, he has had a couple bad years with injury and just form and consistency, but um, I'm pretty confident he's going to be 2G4P this year. So I think I read somewhere that Bucks came out today and said that there is still a plan to play him in the midfield, just mm. probably a little bit less. So it's more like a 50-50 split now than the mm. 70-30 they were talking about earlier in the year, yeah. which I think you want him forward getting a few oh. more snags anyway. But the, the other thing I was thinking is why wouldn't Collingwood just maybe perhaps, well, you figure that a a kind of medium-sized forward would be easier to replace than a midfielder, right? Mm. So, what could, why couldn't they bring in like a McRae perhaps or something like that or I don't know, I Porter. can't actually think of Yeah, there you go. Mm. Other, other small forwards they've got or medium-sized forwards they've got on their lists and um, yeah, let him still play the same role. So, we have to wait and see. Like, I personally think he'll be playing more forward but I don't think it's going to be like stuck up forward, the only source no. of goals for Collingwood. So, don't get too stressed, especially in keeper leagues. Like, I know the classic um, crew that, you know, I don't take part in case. It's definitely not Minge. my bag. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, look, they, I know they'll be up in arms about it, but for keep legs, he's still going to be a handy forward option. And in the, the day, every time you kick a goal, it's worth nine points. Yeah, exactly. So who's who's crying at that? No one. Anyway, yeah. uh, Darcy Moore, eighty-one points. He was very impressive back there. Uh, had twenty-two touches, six marks, and played one hundred percent time on ground. Look, he is a great intercept marker and a great kicker. Um, works very hard too. I know that. Um, uh, you know, Harry Mackay kicked a few snags. But in terms of a fantasy uh, role, Darcy Moore is very, very impressive. Look, he's gone 85 and 81. We've been talking key forwards last week. Uh, key forwards just as important this year, Hef. You know, intercept markers especially. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Moore this year is definitely playing a more fantasy-friendly role this year than he ever has before. So, I'm pretty sure that can continue as well. I'm pretty sure we flagged this last week. That mm. He was a pretty decent fantasy option, especially going into this game um, where it was going to be pretty fantasy-friendly. So, yeah. Yeah, in those fantasy-friendly matchups, especially with the marks that key defenders are getting, I really like more as a key league option this year. Yeah. Uh, Callum Brown, 61. He is back from the dead. Well, at least from the sub-bench. But uh, 
Look, 11 touches, six marks and three tackles. Uh, may not sound amazing, but he only played 56% time on ground on Thursday night. So I thought he looked really lively when he was out there, played mostly out on the wing. Uh, only 22% owned. So another one you could be looking to bring in off the waiver wires this week, I think. Um, it just looks like he's warming into the season nicely. So uh, keep him on your radar. Yep, definitely. Anyone else? Uh, John Noble, 83. Just a very polished performance back there. Hef, uh, look, apart from Crispy, was their best ball mover down there. He's just Mr. Consistent. Love him. Um, I think he's going to be one of my favourites in terms of fantasy. Just never puts a foot wrong. And lastly, Josh Dacos, 74. He had a much better display on Thursday night. 16 touches, five tackles, and all from 71% time on ground. So I think he's going to keep warming into it because uh, Braden Sire has given us nothing. So I think uh, they need Josh Dacos in there, giving a bit of um, speed and grunt out that, that midfield, that centre bounce. So if you uh, kind of got a bit disheartened first week, don't worry, he's on the up. And what about some Carlton players? Anyone take your fancy there? Look, Lockie Fogarty, uh, 90 points. He was very, very good. Uh, just looks like he cares and shows a bit. Um, provide a lot of grunt in tackles, which a few of their, of his few, of, sorry, a few of his teammates lacked on the night. Kicked the one goal and had 21 touches to go with four tackles and four clearances. Look, um, I'm going to be honest, I had my reservations about him at the start of the year, but his role looks very good. Looks like Teague likes him uh, and he's going to play him in those good spots. So definitely one to persist with given he has forward status. Really a bit of a free swing kind of year for me with Fogarty. Oh, it's just nice to see a player, another player that I've been banging on about for years finally start doing okay and he's not on my team for him to do it. So, yeah, it's great. Oh, that makes me happier. I oh, know. <laughs> uh, Harry McKay, 76 points. He is easily the Blues' most exciting player to watch at the moment. Uh, just looks super hungry and formidable in that forward line. It's just unfortunate they've got no one else to kick it to, so he cops all the heat when the ball's coming in there. But really, he's dealing with it pretty well. Had uh, kicked four goals, uh, 10 touches and six marks along with a couple of tackles. Really good outing for him and he looks like he only keep improving, especially if he can get a bit of uh, help up there. You know, say Kerno gets back or, um, you know, Kasbah pulls his finger out. Just He's just one of these good young forwards to stick with and there's a few in the competition at the moment who are scoring well. So, uh, great loophole option. So, if you can kind of sneak him in there on an early week game, uh, see how he goes and then uh, get him into that side later on. He's the only one they're kicking to at the moment. So Correct. Yep. He's their avenue. Uh, Will set field 35 points um, surprised I didn't see a missing person's notice about Will Setterfield on the weekend he has just vanished uh, looks nothing like he did last year uh, even though he did have 73 last week uh, he was nowhere near as noticeable as he was last year so look he looks lost on out that wing and um, just not as inside as he was last year so I think there's a lot of coaches who would have kept him it's just bad luck because I just don't know if there's any upside for it I am failing to see how he's going to get a crack in that you know in that engine room he looks lost on the outside and his scoring's gone so um, I don't know if anyone really want a piece of him in a trade and I don't know it's just not worth it so um, I think if you kept him it's bad luck guys a uh, couple quick fires Lucky Plowman 87 arguably the worst player on the ground and if you own him or are thinking of picking him up off that, then maybe fantasy footy isn't the game for you. So forget about Lockie. He'll be out the side shortly. Paddy Dow, 44 half. Oh, dear. He still played 73% time on ground. So I'm not getting this, oh, he didn't get out there much bullshit. He's just not that good. So Teague's just slowly giving him less and less minutes. So when he slips back in the twos, it's not as noticeable. Was it that much time on ground for Paddy Dow? Yes. I thought it was a lot less. No, this is all this big, you know, he was, he was the second least of Carlton, but still played 73%. So- yeah, right. He's got no excuses. Go and tell your mate Doss he's no good. But uh, look, he actually does look good around the clearance. But after that, he doesn't really offer a hell of a lot. But Does, uh, does he hold his spot, do you reckon? There. 
Not in many fantasy coaches' sides, no, no, but, but in, in um, Carlton's side. Uh, look, it depends on something like what's happening with Kennedy or where's Stocker at or with these other young guys. He probably gets another week, but um, yeah, I'd be a bit worried if I was an owner. And Mark Murphy, lastly, 59 points from him, back-to-back games in the 50s for the skipper. He's firmly in that role-playing, waiting lounge moment of his career. Um, so anything near a good score is just a dream. All right, let's get on to the Geelong Cats versus Brisbane Lions. We won't talk about the controversial non-call at the end because that A, will make Kays angry. Stay away from uh, Twitter when Kays is watching footy and there's bad umpiring going on. It's a pretty lethal place to be, pretty toxic place to be. Um, the only worse place is in a fantasy classic chat. People yeah. get real angry at you in that shit, man. Yeah, definitely. But uh, also, yeah, um, look, we don't really actually care about real football. It's all about the fantasy, <laughs> yeah, so it's fine. Nah, <laughs> so it's except fine. when there's a horrible decision like there was on it's Friday fine. night. God. Anyway... Um, uh, Reece Stanley, he had 109 points, and I've always said he's a really underrated fantasy ruck. He always ends up in draft pools, or at least, you know, waiver-wise in some leagues. Mm-hmm. He's always the last pick ruck, but he's generally pretty good. He's good for an 80. I think the issue's always been with him is job security. That's why people kind of shy away from him. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot else on that Geelong list. So, I don't know. I think kudos to the coaches that, you know, were brave enough to pick him up because I think he's going to reward a few this year. And this kind of game style where you have to be out there for a lot longer, he's a super fit human, super quick, um, probably just suits him to a tear is more of that mobile Ruckman. Absolutely. Uh, Zach Tui, uh, 102 points. And yeah, I was ridiculed in the group chat at the uh, start of the year. Um, I guess when we had, did the Geelong podcast and I said he would be best 22 come some stage. And uh, yeah, I was blasted by everyone on the back of that. But no, nah, I do I do concede that uh, Geelong do still have a few out. I think three of their best 22 out. So especially one of them being Duncan, who plays a very similar role. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if he holds. But I think he kind of is playing on a guy he knows he's on his kind of final warning, kind of his mm-hmm. last leg. So if Geelong are to go all right this year and to flag up, he'll definitely want to be a part of that. So um, what was interesting about it is he played that wing role. Like we thought he might go back because it wasn't really successful last year, but was playing the outside role and also pushed forward a little bit and kicked a couple goals as well. So I'm not sure if he's ever getting that back status again, but I think he can kind of, I don't know. I don't know if you can actually rely on him as a midfielder only. But he could be a good depth option or a bench option if you have him. Yeah, I think for the Cats, he's just a good little plug-and-play option where they need him. Like, yeah. he could play forward, could play back. But um, Do you, you know, he'll get he'll... enough back time, though, to actually get his status back? <laughs> I don't think so. Not this year. Yeah, no, no. probably not either. Uh, Jordan Clark, he had 77 points. And he's playing a great fantasy scoring role and then just went completely missing. Uh, only had four points in the last quarter. So, Ouch. he was on 73 at three-quarter time. And I think there's quite a few people that owned him in a couple fantasy group chats. I mean, and everyone was frothing over him. Like, yep, we finally got one here. And then he just dished up that. So I feel really sorry for <laughs> those owners, but he just couldn't get it done for him. Hopefully, hopefully there's something different in the future. He can pull out a big score. He was my loophole of the week last week on the pod. So oh. handy if you kind of weren't happy with that 77 and listen to me, you could have put someone else in. Although 77 is still yeah, a pretty good score. You, you just, just expect want that, more. Yeah, you just want that pig score, that 100. Yeah, especially because we've been hyping him up for so long. Yeah. Uh, Joel Selwood, he had 104 points. Look, if he keeps playing like that, he'll be 2G4P, oh, which is uh, for the new listeners, too good for the podcast. Uh, again, in no time so keep your eye on him I just he just won't go away Joel Seld uh, Tom Atkins he had 88 points uh, playing half back and hopefully that uh, scoring can continue playing that role it does look like it's a, a semi-fantasy friendly role for him uh, Lockie Henderson had 81 points and another case of the key defender scoring well he had 8 marks for the game uh, and had another I guess if you look back at his finals campaign campaign from uh, last year he actually went really well um, throughout that I think he only had 17 points in the grand final which uh, uh, Richmond got on top of him but 
before that, he had a, a score of 71, which is an 89 BCV, 93, which is 116, and 74, which is 93. Those were in the other finals. I think you just make good bench cover or your last defender if you're super desperate. I don't mind Lockie Henderson, along with a lot of taller defenders this year. Um, and Francis Evan, um, scored, sorry, Evans, he scored 50 points on debut. He looked lively out forward, but I just don't think he has the role for fantasy forwards, uh, fantasy um, scoring. So I think, uh, yeah, don't get sucked in by a rookie coming on and doing okay because I don't think there's much more in him than this. Frank the Tank. It's <laughs> a sweet nickname. It is a pretty good nickname. Uh, Brisbane, uh, Joe Danaher, 81 points. Uh, he's settling into that side well, I think. He's kind of just building along. Um, and Brisbane played some better football this week. So mm-hmm. it was good to see him in that side. He only had one, uh, scored one goal. So I guess that's a good sign because he can still get 81 points on the back of that. He had 13 kicks, one handball and nine marks. And I reckon he could be one of the bargains of the season if he kind of just builds into a bit more and stays fit. Yep. I think he's going to be okay. And uh, last one for me, uh, Lockie Neal. Is he B2P status? Oh, no, not oh, quite. Wow. Not quite. But I'm just putting him there because in a trade, there might be a few frustrated owners mm-hmm. and you could get him a bit cheaper than you would expect at the start of the year. So maybe start throwing a few feelers out there because I don't think Lockie Neal is going to be kept down for too long. I agree. But at the same time, I think I flagged it earlier on this year. Like, apart from last year, he's never been a ridiculously big scorer. Yeah. And his points per minute scoring didn't improve that much last year, mm. meaning that he was good for the time on ground because he could play the whole game. Mm. But his the minutes, I guess, weren't going to jump, you know, super. And right. He wasn't going to he yeah. wasn't going to add twenty five or twenty yeah. percent onto his scoring. That's for sure. Yes, he's a, a very good footballer and a, and a still a very good fantasy footballer. But he's not Jack McRae. You know, like he's not going to be pulling yeah. out one twenties every week. So I think people just need to temper their expectations a bit it's too. Not as much observable thirst with uh. Locking I still down. don't know if that's a real thing. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Sydney Swans versus Adelaide Crows. I watched this with uh, Louis from the uh, the Pod Pod. Uh, if you're not on the Pod Pod, actually, which is the Point of Difference podcast, uh, that's the uh, AFL Fantasy Classic based podcast run by or produced by us um, here at the Keeper League. So they've got their own feed now. So you've probably seen their podcast popping up on our feed the last few weeks. But let's go on. So you have to get on their own feed if you want to have a listen to them. And uh, yeah, it's a really good podcast with some great fantasy or well, one great fantasy mind being Louis. And then there's Doss, who's just really good at hosting as well. So yeah, they just talk about the poor man's format. That's all. <laughs> Ah, here we go. Uh, shout out to Doss. I was just kidding, mate. But anyway, uh, let's get on this game. So we watched this game at the casino and I'll tell you what I saw. Um, all right, Braden Campbell, 96 points. He's just really settling in across halfback. Mm-hmm. Uh, quiet in his first game, but we saw him in the in the preseason stuff. He looked all right. 25 touches and 21 kicks out of those 25 touches. So that's a great uh, kick to handball ratio. Oh, yeah. And he went at 80% uh, disposal efficiency as well. So that means he'll use it by 40 if he can easily actually got that kind of ability. So he's good for fantasy. I'm high on Braden Campbell. He'll be a defender status for the next probably three years and probably move into the midfield. Follow Cam, uh, Callum Mills' uh, trajectory, yep. I reckon. Perfect. Uh, Errol Goulden, uh, 93 points, and he backed up last week, so I was a bit iffy about that. We knew his uh, we knew his uh, um, junior pedigree. Wasn't sure if it was going to be flashing the pan last week, but it was great to see him back it up. And what's awesome is he's scoring well playing up forward. So coaches are going to be super happy when he gets forward status. I've got him mm-hmm. in uh, three of the uh, four league keeper leagues I've got, so right. super happy. I just love telling people about that because that's one of the only good pickups I made this year. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Chad Warner, he had 81 points, uh, looked composed in the Sydney midfield. And I think he's going to build, given his scoring pedigree, I think he's going to be a good fantasy player. He'll likely lose four status end of this year. So there might be a bit of uh, trade bait because uh, I guess if he's only going to be around the 80 kind of average, you might not want that in your side. So I think if you could probably cash in now, it might be a good time. But that said, you'd be spewing if he went
went big uh, after this year and kind of turned into a decent player as well. It's only a second year half, so yeah, you know, know. he's only going to get better next year. Yeah, this is not even the breakout year. I know. Uh, Sam Weeks, he had 81 points and he was pushing up the ground, uh, getting forward, kicked a goal. Um, there was a lot of interest uh, from listeners, but I think I thought he looked like more like a fantasy type because I just worry he's not going to find enough of it week in, week out. And I think he's probably like we're probably like a couple years away still from knowing enough about Sam Weeks, but he's definitely one to keep your eye on. And Justin McInerney is someone that I was pretty hot on in the preseason. Um, it was just good to see him back in the side. He was one of the most improved for Sydney last year. And he had a great first half, but just tapered uh, off towards the end. But for his first hit out, um, I think he'll be better for the run and he'll be good going forward. Um, looking at the Crows, uh, Taylor Walker, my goodness, 120 points, kick six goals. Caves. Just for fun. Are key forwards back? Yes, they're back. It seems like they are. Like They just don't seem to be going away. Um I don't know how long if we can trust him for just in Adelaide's lineup. They might the scoring might dry up soon for them. Um, but yeah, look, if if he can maintain what he's doing now, he'll be fine. I just don't trust it to happen because I think once they play some better opposition. I know they played Geelong last week and he was good, but I think they'll start to shut him down if he gets off leash too much. And uh, yeah, but anyway, right now he's looking pretty good and I think he's a pretty handy last forward option or very handy last forward option considering he's available in a lot of waiver pools um, if you need one right now. But don't expect it to last forever. Crows have Gold Coast, North Melbourne and Fremantle come up in the next three. Oh, he could really cash in those next three. He could, but that means nothing when it comes to the final round of the year when you're playing in the grand final. And they play are North getting, Melbourne. Are, are you getting a and bit- And they play uh, North Melbourne. That's actually pretty good then. Yeah, that's, that's more what is important. Hell. Whether he can uh, hang on for the year and keep going. So yeah, maybe that's a, a decent option. Who knows? Okay, uh, Ben Keyes. What an absolute gun. Oh, my boy. He's 2G4P, isn't he? Can we just make him not so I can keep talking about him each week? I don't know. Nah, like, he's just, he's taken his game to another level that you never saw coming. I didn't. Uh, no, nah, he's just that, like that ball in the midfield, just does all the dirty work, uh, hits hard and uh, doesn't take a backwards step. And I just like that as a player, but he's getting the fantasy scoring. You know, as a midfielder, a 90 average would be okay. You'd be fine. fine with that. So yeah, yeah if he can maintain this, he's going to be pretty good. Uh, and Rory Sloan, look, he's not going to be a 100 plus average like you suggested earlier in the season, case, but he's going to be super serviceable as he last mid this season. So if he has 85 plus next week, do you reckon he goes 2G4P? He'd have to be close. Yeah. You know, like he's only played played 80% in the first game and 78% then, which is probably about his number. Yeah, I don't think he's going he to get No, he finds, he goes a bit spurty, like yeah. he'll get 24 points in three minutes and then probably won't get another touch for a while. So, I still think he's going to work back into it. Um, I think he could cash in the next couple of weeks against Gold Coast and North and that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I think it'll be a, I'll probably temper my expectations. I think we'll go maybe low 90s this year. Okay, cool. And uh, just last one, Sam Berry had 67 points, um, spent most of the game uh, up forward, but mm. and he missed three or four gettable oh, goals. So but easy, those the goals. The positive though. on that is he could get forward status, but also he played some very low time on ground. I think it was 60 something percent and had some huge tackle numbers yeah. on the back of that as well. So um, I think he had like, he had like a huge number of tackles in the first quarter. I can't mm, remember. I, I think it was four or five again. Yeah, yeah. I should I should have written it down. But uh, look, just from the from the eye, you know, you can you can make, you can get those every week tackling. And if you're tackling like that, you are going to be in the Crows team, considering mm-hmm. what they served up last year and how important uh, they rate defensive pressure and things like that. So mm-hmm. he's going to hang around for a while. Um, if he can kick a few goals and get forward status and keep that tackling up, could be a handy option because he can run through the midfield too. Yeah, he's going to be a good player. All right, moving on to the main event, uh, my. 
team versus I'm excuse Jesus myself team. for a while. Port Adelaide versus Essendon. So soundproof booth around here. I can sneak. Yeah, into. you're in it right now. It's the studio. But anyway, uh, oh, before we begin, uh, shout out to uh, a listener that I met in the Adelaide train station after the game. Uh, what? G'day to Lucas. What? There. Yeah, I was, uh, he came up to me and he's like, "You're you're from the Keeper League," and I was like, "Oh, that's that's this." Do is you know Lucas? <laughs> nah, never met him before in my life. I swear. <laughs> I was a bit shocked. I was like, I can't believe someone actually like recognised me from this podcast. On that's a scale of one to ten, how happy did that make you? Oh, it's pretty happy. So yeah. you've officially ticked the Hollywood box. You're Louis, getting noticed out in the in the wilderness. Louis was standing next to me and he didn't notice him. So uh, yeah, no, it was fine. Wow. Louis just walked off and got on the train. He was a bit upset about it, I think. <laughs> oh, no, no, Louis. Louis didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> for signing autographs and taking photos, no doubt. I could see it happen. Anyway, uh, let's get stuck into some players. Anyway, thanks for listening, uh, Lucas, and uh, I'm glad we could help you out with a few players uh, that you listed in, uh, in the preseason. But anyway, uh, Zach Butters, uh, 119 points. He was everywhere in the midfield. Um, pushed forward and kicked a goal too. 36 disposals, 24 handballs and 12 kicks. So not a great ratio, but that's the type of player he is. He's going to do the dirty work. He's going to get in and under. Look, a little concerning, I think, if he's a mid only and he's not getting big kick numbers. But and the fact is that you played Ess- or he played Essendon as well. Like he's not going to get that each week. We saw him last week against North. He wasn't as impressive. But look, he's enough to get excited about. But I'd just be like pumping the brakes a little bit just in case he is more of a contested player, doesn't get the outside numbers that the big midfielders do. Especially if he's going to lose forward status in the future, he'd probably want to just change his game a little bit to be a bit more fantasy friendly but that said I can't complain about Zach Butters the kid looks like an absolute gun in real football sense and I think he's going to be a great player for many years to come anything to add about no, Butters there mate no you keep going alright I've got a few to get through here uh, Xavier Dersma hit 100 run points just running up and down the wing uh, 12 kicks 12 handballs so an equal ratio I'd just like to see him do it against a team that isn't Essendon though now Stephen Motlop though 95 points and he was my bench loophole option of the week so it's actually good to hit one of those early um, so for our listeners out there hopefully you followed the advice the game looks suited to quick players like him and he's a really handy forward option at the moment and he might be it might be a different story against West Coast next week so we we'll have to wait and see because Again, we've played North and Essendon, mm-hmm. so not great opposition. So I think this week will be the test, but if he stands up this week, he actually could be an option, I think. He was actually one that just caught your eye yeah. uh, watching the game. Just like he's he's alone again, or he's just, he was he's actually his gut running he's surprised very, yeah. me he's a good uh, run. how good he was on, on the weekend. So um, yeah, he's one of those guys who has that uh, observable thirst, I think, Hemp. <laughs> oh, definitely. All right, quick fire. Uh, Miss Georgiatis had 91 points. Uh, looked good, but kicked four goals against lesser opposition. So he's probably not going to do that every week. So he we need to find other ways to score, but I think it's positive signs for the future. Um, and it's like I got him with my last pick of the draft, so I think that's a pretty good pickup. That's what he's so good. I love the big I King George. I know. Can you just get rid of bloody that other useless guy and just play George Addis all the time? Todd Marshall, yeah, seems like what it's probably going to be the case. What now. does he give that side? Nothing. Yeah, I don't know. If you want, he's probably more of a genuine centre half forward option than Mitch Georgiatis is more of that You've third got Charlie tall. Dixon. You got yeah, the big chuck wagon, and then we got big Laddams. Well, I think we like to play him closer to goal because he's more of a yeah, clunker. Nah, I'm have the greatest very accuracy. much team Mitch here. Yeah, oh, I think he's going to add a lot of flair in our forward line, so I'm pretty happy to have him in. I'm just not sure if the fantasy scoring is going to be there every week, but definitely get on board against the lesser opposition. I think. Um, Carl Amon, 89 points, uh, 16 kicks, four handballs. He's an underrated player, I think. Uh, I cop a bit of heat on about him on the socials with the amount of, I talk about him, but I love him. He plays a wing role, which is fantasy friendly kind of at the moment. Um, depends on how you play it. But uh, yeah, he always uses the ball by foot, so he's a good user. And at the moment, he's getting a few CBAs too. So that's really positive signs that if you can have a player that goes on the wing, then can go into the guts and mm-hmm. move around a bit. So um, the scoring is not super huge at the moment, but I think he's just one of those handy contributors that can get you 80 to 90 each week. And uh, yeah, be one of your last picked midfielders in your team and be mm-hmm. serviceable. 
Mm-hmm. Charlie Dixon had 80 points, uh, got in the end of a few goals. Look, he'll pop up like this. Um, he's probably more of a loophole stream option with the spread of scoring at Port Adelaide. And it's, it's kind of like Geelong last year. Like you look at their overall numbers as a team, they're the best fantasy scoring team in the comp, but no one averages kind of over 100 type thing. So it's a it's a bit of a catch-22. And I think Charlie's a bit of a victim on this, but uh, yeah, I think he's still going to be a good streamer option. Yeah, I think he's you got to play him week by week, but who, who you're playing as well. Yeah. Like, you know, he was easily picked against Essendon, but you've got West Coast this week who have a heap of good, you know, cool, tall key defenders. They're probably going to make his life a bit more tougher than we did last week. So, um, yeah, definitely if you can loophole him this week, I think you'd be looking at that. Some Essendon players that weren't disgraceful, especially from a fantasy sense, was- There um, weren't any. <laughs> Mason Redman, uh, 92 points. He got off the leash a bit. So, he looked like more of a genuine halfback flanker again, not a centre-half back like at the end of last season slash getting dropped. Mm. So, more suited to this style of game. I don't think he's built for the kind of uh, contested one-on-one uh, marking contest, spoils that type of thing. He's more of a, you know, get on the lead or get on the run, um, get on the end of a few receives and deliver the ball down the ground. So I'm watching him with interest. Uh, I'm a bit sad because I had to put him back in the pool just on the back of last year because I've owned him for a year or two now. But uh, I think he's got one with a bit of fantasy game and we've seen him score pretty well in the past. So mm-hmm. keep your eye on Mason Redmond. Yep. Uh, Nick Hind, 83 points. Now with Heppel out, he was the main distributor um, out of the fence um, along with Ridley, I guess. But really liking his fantasy game at the moment. Um, with forward status as well, he's going to be so handy this season. So get on the Nick Hind. Do you think he's going to be as handy if he just goes Full on back status next year. People still need a good backman. If he's going to put. Uh, push out 80s for each week you're still a tick we'll probably see an abundance of like forwards added this year and then we'll probably mm. have the, the same old issue we used to have with backs, with so backs I knows? think so um, Nick Cox yeah. one points uh, playing on a wing kicked a goal too now Kaze this is a question for you as an essence mm. supporter do you think this will genuinely be his uh, role <clears throat> long term or, or are they playing him trying to just play him on a wing so he can get you know a bit of a touch a bit of a run and just kind of get him into AFL football just knowing that he can do it with his skills what do you think I think it's definitely number two there yeah. like because at the moment you know you feel sorry for someone like Harry Jones who had to play against like a Lear Lear like it can't do any good for his confidence coming up and having to play that key forward role where you know Cox's ability like below ground level and his speed is very very good for a 200 centimetre kid so yeah. um, I love that they're playing him on the wing just to you know he can go about his business it works he works hard yeah uh, he's obviously fit, so I, I hope they kind of keep him there for the rest of the year and just let him build up some confidence in the big leagues. Yeah, like you said, if they were to play him in Harrison Jones's role, like he'd just be shattered like yeah. in terms of confidence. So I think it's a good move by Essendon, but I just don't get hyped in by his fantasy scoring playing that role, I think. Um, and Jai Caldwell had 49 points, but the hamstring injury, which soured the day for his owners, so he's something you're going to have to... It's like a two-monther. Yeah, God. Oh, two-month hamstring. Jeez, mm-hmm. my, that's another injury I've got. Jesus, I my team's depleted. I quit, guys. I'm take. I'm putting my feet so up for the rest of the year. Can I take... I'll, I'll take Coldwell stash him for next year. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe I'll get something from your team and one, just one of your players might sc- you know, score 100 for me every You can have one guy I want to talk about, Devin Smith. What the hell is going on with Dev? Oh, I don't know, okay. He, looks, he doesn't even want to be out there by the looks of no, it. But I don't know. Do like, you blame him? Not really, but yeah, you know, exactly. like I, I, he might be one that you got to watch because they've got to fill the gap with no shoe, no Caldwell. If Heppel doesn't come back, they're going to need some guys to go into that midfield. So um, just keep a look at who's on your waiver wire and who might sneak in there. He could see a bump, the old Fritz Smith. He could see a bump. Who he knows? just needs to get that midfield time. But yeah. you know, do we play like someone like Dylan Clark or um, you know, does Archie Perkins get a run? So if you are you know hunting for a few guys who could pop out of nowhere, I think Essendon might be a good list to look at um, for for your waiver wires. All right, let's move on to the next game. Yes, uh, I got home uh, quarter time of this game. Did you get a burrito? 
Uh, no, I had a. I got some pad thai delivered. It was there waiting for me when I got home. Man, you got to work on this, man. All right. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I got. I quickly got on the la- the train that left as quick as possible because I needed to get out of that area. Fair there enough. was too many happy port people, and that doesn't make for a good trip when you live on the outer harbour line. Yeah. No. Um. Look. Top three for, for Melbourne. Can't go past James Jordan. 105 points from him. Another very, very good game. Yes, he's getting a lot of salary cap hype, but realistically, he's just playing very well. 20 touches and nine tackles. Me and you, Hef, we love the plus fours here, and uh, that's the reason he won't get dropped for a long time. Uh, Angus Brayshaw seems a bit down on form. Jack Viney only came back for his first game from injury, so I think we're going to keep seeing a lot more of uh, Jimmy Jordan in good spots. Just just showed something in that midfield, mm. and you know, on the back of a win as well. I think I think Melbourne have been waiting for a midfielder like him to kind of play that second fiddle to Oliver, mm. um, and I guess Petrarca stood up last year, but I think mm. just a kid to come through the ranks who's going to show a bit in the midfield to help, you know, Viney and uh, Brayshaw do go missing at mm. times as well, so I think James Jordan's going to be a very good player for Melbourne yeah, long term. Well, I just read a tweet before and it was perfect. Um, someone was just saying, like, the coaches and players talked about James Jordan all preseason saying he's going to be a player, he's going to be a player. Yeah. And he's come out and been a player. So, yep. like, it's thought? not like it was a shock, you know. It's, yep. been, it's been coming out. So, um, and they always have a lot of confidence in him um, anyway. So, uh, Alex Neil Bullen, the other one, 91 points from him. He is a guy who's super hard to get a read on, but he was everywhere on Saturday night. Um, very frustrating because he shows glimpses but just isn't consistent enough. Uh, look, nevertheless, he had 22 touches and five tackles along with a sausage roll, so that's very good footy. He did seem to play a lot more up the ground as opposed to that stuck-at-home pressure forward. So, interesting to see if they are kind of unleashing him up on a wing a bit more. Um, but if he is, he does have a bit of a fancy game. So, just one to monitor there. Uh, Tommy McDonald, 85 points. He just keeps firing... And it's good to see that some people listen to me. He's up to 88% owned now. So he was on our Waiver Wire podcast last week. He's up. He's about 19 touches, six marks, two goals, three. Could have been anything. Could have kicked five. Look, as I said last week, he's fit and hungry. Playing GWS this week should be another big game from T-Mac. Okay, looking at your draft in our home league, mm. like you've picked all these players that are really suited to the changes in um, changes in the game plan. Now, where was this advice pre-season? Now, I know that you didn't actually watch any pre-season and football. Correct. Are you just throwing darts here and there landing or is this something you've actually preempted? I was always keen on Tom McDonald to bounce yeah. back when he was fit and firing. But you haven't talked about all these players that have, you know, changed their roles and stuff. You know, Tim English, like your, your crazy thing was he was going yeah. to run into the, take all the, around mm-hmm. the ground, just playing up forward and being a gun. Correct. But just give us, how do you know all this? Dylan Moore, like even Josh Rotham is <laughs> scoring well. Like I uh, just keep hitting at the moment. But I reckon, uh, I reckon there's a few uh, darts being thrown here. There was a few darts thrown, <laughs> but no, I was I was big on Tim English in the preseason, and people just didn't get on board. Me just so not I'm for the very, reason, but he's good not for the reason that you said. None of these players are good for the reason you said. But you're doing very well. So we should start listening to K's a bit more. Sometimes I think he can just be the oracle and you've just got to listen to Correct. it. Correct. Broken clots right twice. Even if there's no nah. reasoning behind it. No, nah, I just had a good gut feel. But yeah, All get right. around Remedy me. gut feel. Remedy gut feel was right. strong. Uh, speaking of good gut feels, Stevie Mang, 88 points. Is he two G4P yet, Hef? Oh, very close. One just more give week. him one more week. One, one more week. week. Yeah. And just lastly for the Ds, Cozzy Pitt had 70 points. Holy moly, is he an absolute highlights machine. Uh, look, he had a handy fantasy game, 17 touches and two snags, but shit, man, do yourself a favor and go sit down and watch him. He is making footy fun. Yeah, I didn't actually see this game because uh, I was watching the much more interesting uh, Gold Coast versus North Melbourne game, but <laughs> looked at the group chat and everyone was talking about him. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's, a, he's a talent. Uh, one of the Saints, Dougal Howard, 1-1-1, 111 points from him. 
Look, his previous best was 20 touches and five marks. On the weekend, he came out and had 29 touches, 23 of them being kicks and eight marks. Now, this is the game that all the Saints fans have been waiting for and, uh, you know, probably the game that the Port fans always knew he could play. But um, he was pretty good. I don't know if I'm going to back him in to be like a consistent scorer like that. But if you are looking for a, um, you know, a waiver pickup this week, Against the Dons, he could be very handy because uh, we got no one to kick to and not a hell of a lot of good ball users. So um, he might be one to bring in this week on matchups alone. Uh, Callum Wilkie, another tall defender, 104 points. Just keeps happening with these tall backs at the moment. 20 touches, 16 kicks, six marks, and seven tackles. Uh, those tackles are super impressive for a big guy. But look, what we can say, if you, you can loophole key forwards or key backs at the moment, just do it because, um, you know, someone like Wilkie's yeah. been an okay scorer in the past, kind of like 60s and 70s. Uh, never been that 100 worthy, but uh, look, these guys are just kind of bringing up some big, big games and they can be match winning hundreds too. So if you can loophole some of these key forwards, key backs, get involved. Lastly, Hef. Seb Ross, 101. He is the gift that keeps on giving our group chat. Uh, 28 touches, five marks, four tackles. He's almost best to his best and fairest, best heffy. Are you upset that you delisted the great Seb Ross in the offseason? Well, he's definitely not playing the same position, the same role that I thought he'd be playing. So that's fucked me a little bit. But I think... Brad Crouch not being in the side of the moment is mm. kind of telling. So, it'll be waiting to see. But look, can you is blame this me? week? Is Brad Crouch back this was week? Was it the first two weeks he was missing? Or I think so. Three weeks? Yeah, so well, I might have got one or two. Yeah. yeah, so I think that'll be telling. But I still think he's going to go okay. It's just mm. there's no way I could have kept him though. Like I even put a poll up on Twitter and all the listeners said I should get rid of him as well. So, it's it's hard because, you know, he only 16. He's had two years of terrible scoring. It was very hard to find a spot for him. But... I knew what was going to happen though as well. As soon as I delisted him, he was going to bounce back. I don't know. What's Sucks. wrong with you? My remedy gut feel is working. Your remedy gut feel is a bit off. No, it's off this year. Yeah. No, no uh, for me. Also for the Saints, Josh Battle, 74 points. He seemed to roam a lot more on the weekend, which I do love. Um, we've always talked about him being a pretty good swing man and I think he could be really coming back into that role this year. He was up and down the ground a lot, which uh, suits his abilities. So keep an eye on him as a, a centre forward DPP. And lastly, Jack Higgins, 31 points. Serious danger signs for Jackie Boy. He's been stuck in a forward pocket and just cannot find it. Nine touches, one goal, and most telling, only one tackle. So if you're an owner, I'd be worried because he's just not showing anything that we thought he could show, uh, especially from what he was doing in the preseason games. Yeah, a player that I told everyone to stay away from, and then what we saw in preseason, I was warming. I was getting closer. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I could consider Jack oh, I was Higgins. There. I, could, I, was there. I could consider yeah. Jack Higgins. I think I got on board towards the end. But his role the yeah. last couple of weeks has just been abysmal for, for fantasy We should have known. We should have known he's not getting into that midfield at all. Yeah, it's dire. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Suns North Melbourne, half. Who Blockbuster, you got? Blockbuster. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Noah Anderson. 120 points, 35 touches, uh, 25 kicks on the back of that, and 14 handles. Uh, he had nine marks, but zero tackles, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, no doubt he's going to be a gun, but he's just... Playing North Melbourne, you're not going to do that every week, so just make of that what you will. But he's got immense talent. With Rail out, he's going to see a bit of a bump, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, if you if you own Noah Anderson, he's going to be he's going to be one for the future, that's for sure. He's probably almost two G four P. He should him. be two G four P. Yeah, all right. Let's make Noah Anderson two G four P because there's no one's going to get him. No. Yeah. Okay. 
First 2G4P of the year. Congrats, Noah Anderson. Noah. Jeez. Anyway, uh, I wouldn't have picked that, but anyway. Uh, Darcy McPherson, uh, 102 points, half-forward role. Um, seems to be fantasy relevant, or the half-forward role seems to be a bit more fantasy relevant this year. Um, can get involved in that short kick and coming down the wing, so the way they kind of, instead of bombing along, they can chip, 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 and they can get on the end of those instead of it coming straight on the, uh, the key forward's heads. But again... He was playing against North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. You were an ex-DMAC owner, weren't you? I uh, delisted him in the off-season, and there's yeah. no way you could have kept him off the trash he was serving up yeah, last year. Like Seb Ross. Yeah, no, <laughs> but worse. Uh, he's just kind of got his old role back, which is cool for McPherson owners. Um, will it continue? I'm not too sure. Like Ainsworth come and played his first game of the week. You know, who else do they bring back into that side? Yeah. I don't know. I feel he's on the borderline of, you know, he's playing well, but he's kind of the closer to the not best 22 than best, best 22, if that makes sense. When he had that big year a couple mm. of years ago, he was kind of playing as a midfielder. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's a bit interesting. I don't know. If if the role continues, the game style doesn't change. That is like the rules don't change or coaches don't wisen up to it. He'll be mm. fine, but yeah. I, I'm not holding my breath on that. He's one I could just see that he could kind of lose it real quick. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, ride the wave while you can. Yeah. Uh, Jack Lacocious, he had 87 points and... I'm certain that this won't be just because he's playing against North. I'm, no. I'm certain he is a good player. He's a very uh, good player. He was playing on a wing this week, so it's interesting because that you'd be a bit nervous if you're relying on him to keep defender status going forward. But I think he'll head back eventually. It's just kind of filling holes when there's injuries and things like that. Um, he is so close to 2G4P. So, so, so close. Very, very close. I reckon I want to give him one more week. Give him one more week. One more week. Uh, and then a few others from Gold Coast. So, Isaac Rankin at 86 points. He kicked three goals. He was basically just allowed to do whatever he wants in that forward line. Won't do it every week, but super positive signs for him. That's the upper echelon of his scoring ability. Too, yeah, exactly. That's the, almost the, the ceiling, isn't it? Um, Oleg Markov, 81 points. Uh, played that halfback role. He went big early, but then went quiet and then finished really strong. Showed you that you can kind of rely on him, though. So even when you think he's out of the game, he can just score so quickly because he just gets involved in that little mark chip play. Mm-hmm. He can take a grab, and he's just such a good runner, so he can keep getting involved in the play. He only played 71% time on ground, too, so I think that's pretty um, encouraging because if he could bump that up another 10%, he'll be absolute fantasy gold. So mm-hmm. uh, Oleg Markov owners will be happy. Uh, will Brody had 58 points. Now, a lot of coaches would be disappointed um, – um, on this uh, on these points on the 58 points because I think he only had a 50 last week as well so look people will be fooled by the midfield numbers in pre-season but it looks like he's just back to playing full time up forward again which is really disappointing for owners so yeah it's a struggle for Will Brody like I don't know if he's going to be best 22 come season's end but I don't know there's always the potential there that if another midfielder goes down he could slot into that role because he yeah. can play pretty well when he's in there well like you know he's still got uh, we haven't seen Roy Atkins yet you know Rouse yeah. coming back at some stage you know yeah. we still haven't seen guys like Flanders and, and uh, Sharp get a go this year so like I just don't know how long he can hold off everyone else for yeah exactly uh, but we'll wait and see but there's potential there but it's just not happening for him at the moment uh, on to North Melbourne so Jack Zebo, uh 82 points pl- uh, playing a defence came off with a knock uh, to the ankle but then returned Turn. Do we two? We do we two G four P? I think he needs one more over eighty. Yeah, I think he's just going to be consistently eighty. I think the other thing is, well, we haven't seen him play with McDonald yet. He's still which, a few weeks away. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, like, that could dry up some of the kick-in numbers mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens there because I'm just interested to see how they play in the same side. Uh, Bailey Scott has sixty-eight points playing between half forward and a wing. Um, look. 
not a great score, the 68, but showing signs of being a fantasy player. Another one of those players that's just coming good the year after I had to list them. So, yep, good on them. Keep them uh, coming, guys. <laughs> Keep going. Hitting the scoreboard. Well, the thing is, everyone tells me like, nah, they're shit, half they're shit. You, you pick up shit players and then they just come good after I drop them and then, yeah, everyone Maybe else reaps the thing. They're just out of the hoofers, Ben. Everyone stable. else just reaps the uh, reward from my research. But uh, look, he's hitting the scoreboard, Bailey Scott. So, that's good for his forward status. Hopefully, he can maintain that for another year until he hits that proper breakout. I reckon he needs one more year. Uh, LDU had 83 points. I still want to see how he goes with Cunnington the side, so that'll be the test this, this year. I'm not sure if it hinders him or helps him. I think it actually could help him, so he doesn't have to play as much uh, inside ball. Um, I th- we saw Anderson come back as well, so it's going to be really interesting to see how that midfield make up. I think one player that might actually thrive when he does come back is Trent DeMont on the back of all the rules and stuff like that. I'm looking forward to seeing him as well. Interesting to see what happens with guys like um, Lazaro and Powell yeah. when, when uh, you know Cunnington and... and um did Lazaro have a 70 last week? I think he actually scored okay on the weekend. I'll just double check yeah, that. But yeah. You know, like, just because they're not going too well. Yes, they want to keep giving these guys, like, opportunity, but at the same time, I think you got to give your, your more mature guys like LDU more of a more of a crack. Yeah, Lazaro did have 71 points, so that's going to be interesting to see if he maintains because owners of him uh, might be a bit nervous that those midfields coming back might make him, uh, might push Take him out a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Sean Atley had 105 points. Let's just tip the cap to him, but don't Let's get sucked in. Uh, he pops up every now and then he scores, but... Uh, yeah, no, good on you. 105 points. You've got to acknowledge that. Uh, Aiden Core had 83 points. Playing as a key defender. So it's probably not what we want to see, but scoring well. So again, the key defenders, uh, they can uh, score okay. He took some kick out, so which is promising as well. And he did that a lot at G- GWS. But um, again, there's a lot of options to take those kick outs at North Melbourne. So not something you can rely on. Now, Jaden Stevenson, he had yes. 51 points. He was absolutely fucking disgusting. Really? Looked like he just didn't want to be there. Like he actually looked just annoyed, pissed off. He just, I want to be at Collingwood with my mates. Uh, was actually stopping, you know, like he'd make a lead and just stop and give up. That sort of stuff. It was just awful. Like not good. times where he just gave up and didn't try. Like I wouldn't even be surprised if he just cops a rocket and gets sent back to the twos for a week on the back of that performance. They'll persist with him. But look, hopefully he can work back the uh, trust of uh, not only um, Noble, but also his fantasy coaches as well. So we'll see how he goes. Hopefully he can bounce back for us next week. Uh, Hawthorne Richmond on Sunday Blakey Hardwick 135 points Popped up and proved that his 91 last week Was just no fluke Top of the week for fantasy scoring with that 135. 27 kicks and four handballs plus 15 marks. Genuinely unheard of. Look, I think he wrapped up 50-odd points in the last quarter alone. So, uh, it was really in hyperdrive. I've always been a bit of a fan of uh, Hardwick, but the last couple of years he's just played that lockdown role a lot and just hasn't been fantasy friendly at all. Look, he's obviously been aided by uh, kick-ins this year, which is good. And the Hawks seem to be playing a fair chip-around style gameplay, uh, well, they did on the weekend anyway. So, I'm not necessarily going to buy 100% into the hype on him because I do worry about his scoring longevity. So potentially one you could trade high if you do own and people are sniffing around a defender. Um, he could be one that you could trade off and, and kind of get something good for, I think. But I'll just retouch on those um, marks for Blake Hardwick. So the ball's coming into the forward 50 a lot. He's a player that can take marks. He's definitely flagged for a bit of a bump this season, I think. Would you trade him or keep him or sell him? Um both <laughs> like if you can get a if you can get a decent offer for him yeah um you'd probably trade him but yeah. if you can't get something you know above average then you'd probably just keep him and he'd be yeah. fine yeah look harry morrison 94 points another hawks defender who's putting up some good numbers he had the 20 touches and 11 marks look i'm probably more comfortable with someone like morrison uh having those numbers consistently over blake hardwick he's just more of a proven scorer uh he's kind of shown for a couple of years he just needs that role and it now it seems like he does have it so um 
Um, he's looking for a good year ahead, I think, Harry Morrison there. And Jarman Impey is the other one off the halfback flank, 86 points for him. Just genuine run and dash off that uh, halfback flank. His disposal lets him down at times, but the drive he produces is vital to the Hawks. So 21 touches, five marks and three tackles for him. Look, only 73% of time on ground too. So if you haven't seen him, he's almost like the identical Nick Hind, but for the Hawks, they kind of give it to him to run and they're both forwards in um, in ultimate footy or, or fantasy. So they'll probably have DPP by the end of the year, which would be very handy. So um, I'd be riding the, the German MP wave. Just some quick ones. Jack, uh, sorry, Daniel Howe, 91 points. Look, continued a good start of the season for him. He had 72 last week as well, 21 touches, 11 marks. He's another one I'd proceed with caution a bit. He always seems to be the first one out of that Hawthorne side when the people come back. So we know that Chad Wingard uh, and James Cousins should be returning soon. So just keep uh, keep your wet wits about, sorry, with Dan Howe. He could be dropped. And Jack Scrimshaw, he had 28 points, came on as the injury sub for Will Day. And he's basically a like-for-like replacement next week, I reckon. He's 73% owned. So if there, you are one of the 27% uh, with that league, I think he could be an astute pickup because uh, Will Day will probably miss a couple. And Jack Scrimshaw is a pretty happy, uh, sorry, pretty decent fantasy player as well. Yeah, definitely. Especially with all those players out. So I think the concern was at the end of last year when um, he kind of, his scoring dipped at the end of the year because everyone's saying he was going to take the Sicily role. But he had, um, he had a few other players. So Will Day came into the side and mm. started racking up. And then Damon Greaves also was playing pretty well. And that kind of ate into his scoring. Now none of those guys are going to be playing. It doesn't look like it anyway. Greaves is a chance to come in, I guess. But, um, yeah, look, and Connor Downey is someone else we've kind of flagged that might come in as well as a replacement or at least come into the best 22 on the back of an injury. So just wait and see. But he's got the kind of, I wouldn't say, he's got potential, definitely. He showed us some potential last year that he can be a yeah. good fantasy yeah. scorer. So I'm a scrimshaw yeah. fan, so I think if he's around, um, I'd be I'd be hunting him. I was so close to keeping him. Another one who yeah. could go, he's got to go bananas. He will, he will go bananas. Him, so he's going to go bananas. Yeah. It's proven. Uh, for the Tigers, Trent Cotcher, 97 points from him. Look, he had a week off the runs um, and he was just running harder than ever on Sunday. Look, 27 touches, 22 kicks out of them is a very, very nice return from the 30-year-old. He just looked fresh and mobile. Look, it's, it's not something I expect from him every week, but uh, he will do it every now and then. Probably a really good streamer, um, so especially as Richmond play a lot of early games. So the one thing I did notice he just killed Jack Graham scoring instantly. We flagged that last week. Yep. And he did, if you want some proof, I think like a great. Sorry, Graham's like a 15-point better player per game without Cotchin. Yeah, that's an actual thing, isn't yeah. it? That's a, it's actually that's a, a thing. So yeah. uh, just be mindful if you're a Jack Graham, man. I don't get too excited. I will come that. back to um, I will come back to your thing as a streamer, though. I, I do like that because he does have a pretty reasonable floor as well. So he'll mm. generally get you around the 80 mark. But every yeah. now and then he can go big as well. So yeah. you might want to bring that on. Or if not, you might want to pinch something bigger in the midfield. I like that option for Trent Cochin for sure. Speaking of guys with good floors, it's my boy, Titchy Edwards. He is a fine, fine red wine, baby. Uh, 27 touches last week, 25 this week. Seven marks. Uh, basically had all of 2020 off um, for the birth of his child. Didn't go up to the hub. He looks recharged and ready. Only 65% owned, so one you could sneak off the waiver wire. He's just such a good lock for your M6, M7 mid just because uh, he just rarely puts in a bad game. You're going to get 80 minimum. So along with um, Koch could be that great streamer, but uh, yeah, Edwards just doesn't put in a bad one. And Kay's picked him up in our league, so he's obviously going to be the next Gary Ablett Jr. Oracle. <laughs> and But people who are not going well, it's Toby Nankervis. 51 points from him. Serious alarm bells ringing. Oh, I picked Nank for a good year, but geez, I was wrong with that. It's crazy. He's got no opposition for the position and he's stinking it up. Yes, he's still getting hit outs. He had 20 on the week 
weekend, 26 the week before, but he's only kind of averaging 12 touches a game and he's taken two marks in two weeks of footy. That is incredibly vomit-worthy stuff from a big boy. So, um, you got to back him in to bounce back. You can't. He can't be any worse than this, can he? Um, I really don't know with Nank. Um, what was his time on ground? Uh, 72% on the weekend. Okay, 72. That's kind of low for a you know, run, but still, it's, you should be scoring better than that. He's oh. going to be taking grabs. You can't take one mark a game as a Ruckman. Yeah, he's just not as good around the ground as he was, but is he, is he just like a, on the back of the new rules, you know, Ruckmans are some, some Ruckman are sometimes getting missed out. They're not getting Potentially. used. I don't know. He's a tough one if you're an owner because, you know, you probably went balls deep, you know, with him because... All signs are going to point that he was going to be great because without Soldo, he was going to be a really, really good ruckman. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's just not the nank that we expected him to be this year and no. not the nank of a few years ago either. I think I'd hold if I was on him, but Jesus, it's yeah, a tough definitely. decision. Uh, Tommy Lynch lastly, 51 points from him. Look, worrying signs. Is this just what he is? He averaged 80 back in 2017. Yes, he was at the Suns. From then, he's basically just become a 60s mid, like loophole only option. Yeah, I don't know about Tom Lynch, I guess with um, Jake Rewalt's kind of, you know, dominating up forward this year, maybe he's just the beneficiary of the new rules or maybe it's because he's playing um, a bit higher up the ground. I don't really know. It's, um, it's I, don't, I can't actually explain why Jake Rewalt's scoring so well. Well, not scoring well, so well, but, you know, kicking goals instead of him too. So, um, yeah, maybe it's just something to do with the new rules. He's one of those key forwards that's not beneficiary just from where he's kind of uh, being positioned on the ground. Not 100% sure, yeah, but, yeah, Jake Rewalt, another four on the weekend, so... It's pretty amazing how he's going. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's just it. He's just eating into his scoring and that's the way it's going at the moment. Anyways, uh, let's move on to the next game. Uh, Western Bulldogs versus uh, the West Coast Eagles. Um, Tom Libertora, he had 92 points and he's being used as their kind of in and under extractor and he's getting some forward time as well. So Western Bulldogs play such a high possession game that we were all worried about that there wouldn't be enough uh, football for them to all score well. But because they're using the ball and moving around so much, they're actually trying to get it in the hands of all these midfielders and just kind of run people off their feet. So they're all going to have pretty decent scores at the moment. So Tom Libertori, I think, is a beneficiary of this. And we talked about it a couple of years ago um, you know, in their premiership year. He did average in the 90s, I think it was. So mm. definitely take that as your last midfielder for sure. So I don't think Tom Libertori is a bad option this season. Um, let's see if he can stay fit. Let's hope the knees hold up. Um, Aaron Norton, uh, 91 yeah. points. Uh, the game is like being kind to his type of key forwards. So the ones that can get really out of the lead, is. take a big mark, that sort of stuff. Um, he kicked three goals and including the match winner, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, looking like a really really good player. Hopefully the fantasy scoring can just continue along with him. I know you love Aaron Norton. I love the Norton. Do you want to say anything about him or have I said uh, that He was well? impressive in that last quarter. He really got up and about and just asserted himself into the game. He's looking like less of like a tall child now and he's actually looking like he's manly. an actual, no, not just that manly, but actually looks like a player who's playing with a bit of confidence and a bit of belief in himself who can turn a game on his head when he needs to. Him and Mackay both have that same aura yeah, about them at the moment they're, where they're, they're like, not, they, know they, can, they know they can make a difference in a game. Yeah, they're not like rookies anymore. They're mm. players that their teams rely on. So yep. yeah, definitely good comparison. Uh, Taylor Duray, 81 points. So playing that halfback role, 11 kicks, 11 handballs, seven marks. He's scoring really well. Um, we talked about him on the back of last year but uh, low ceiling but then like he's super reliable and consistent mm-hmm. and it's just really bad news for oh. Jason Johansson owners because he's just not going to get in the side while he's playing like that uh, Patrick Lipinski 57 points started forward uh, did get up the ground a little bit but just couldn't get involved in the game um, I think we can expect this from Lipinski this year he will be up and down so don't be too disappointed but another he's still one to hold for the future because you know he's going to be a good player he will be um, for West Coast uh, Josh Kennedy he had 88 points and he was picked up very late in drafts 
kicked four goals in this game. And I think Allen got injured at some stage. I think he returned to the field. But uh, look, if Allen doesn't pull up or whatever, um, he could be a, a handy one because he'll be the main focal point up forward. So we just wait and see what happens. Um, if any of those keys do go down, though, he could be pretty handy. Um, Josh Darling, he had 88 points, uh, three goals. And it was a pretty free-flowing game at Marvel. So I guess there's just kind of hitting up the forward options pretty easily. Um, might be something in that for key forwards playing at Marvel, especially with how ball, how much the ball kind of pings around at that stadium as well. So just keep an eye on key forwards playing at Marvel because I think that could be a little something in that. Yeah. Uh, Tom Barras, uh, 80 points. Um, he kept those marks up from last week. So he had 10 for the game. Had 103 last week on the back of a stack of marks as well. Look, he's not someone I generally recommend, but when you keep putting up scores like that, you've got to keep an eye on him. So Tom Barras is uh, one that uh, stood out in that game to me as yeah. well. And last game of the round, Frigo v GWS. Jeez, GWS should probably look at folding the way they're going at the moment. They're giving nothing. Uh, David Mundy, just rolling back the clock. 121 points from him. 35 touches from a 35-year-old is incredible. Uh, five tackles too, so he's leaving absolutely nothing in the tank. Look, he's well and truly in the midfield mix as well, so no need to worry about his uh, his role. Look, he's uh, available in 31% of teams at the moment too, so definitely one you could slide. And if you are thinking you're in contention now and the Dockers have the Blues, Hawks and Crows coming up. So I think there's Juicy. plenty of points to be had there for D Monday. Lucky Schultz, heffy. Heffy, yep. heffy, heffy. We called it last week. 119 points from him. We flagged it. We said he was looking hungry. He There was something that caught our eye about his game and he went bang. 20 touches, six tackles, three goals, two. Very, very busy boy. We've been banging on about him since the midway of last year. He kind of just showed, not not in terms of just his scoring, but in the way he plays. He looks always looks hungry. He looks pretty crafty. He kind yep. of looks like a player that could run through the midfield one day as mm-hmm. well if their midfield wasn't so stacked. Um, yeah, I like good the way guns. he moves. Definitely. Yeah, he's just a really good hard worker, um, yeah. and I think that's just what puts him ahead of some of his other more fancy teammates. But, uh, yeah, lucky Schultz, I'd be getting around him for sure. Uh, Sam Switowski. 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 Yeah. Sweet, I didn't butcher that too much. Yeah, you've done worse, uh, that's 97 for 97 sure. points from him. Kind of a bit of a similar player to Schultz. Uh, real hardworking, small mid forward. He had 16 touches and two goals, three. Um, look, 71 last week, so he's got a couple of good games together. Looks like uh, Justin Longmire is going to give, you know, these two guys a bit of a go this year, which is great. So, um, as I touched on before, they've got favourable lineups in their next couple of weeks too. So, um, I think, um, yeah, Switter and Schultz, he would be good to uh, get in your side. Definitely keep an eye on him, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, a couple of quick fires. Sean Darcy, 69 points from him, promising return from the big Ruckman. Look, seemed to play a lot more forward than Ruck um, this week, but I think that's due to uh, personnel reasons up there. And But really, if uh, Cyclone Tracy can return this week uh, from his suspension from the waffle, expect Meek out, Darcy back to number one Ruck, and uh, some points could really be growing there, I think. Uh, I think Darcy's in for a good year, hopefully. And Connor Blakely, 35 points from him, came on as the sub. Uh, had good points per minute, only paid the 26% time on ground. Look, he's just one to monitor because it'll be interesting to see what happens with Fife. Does Blankets get a crack in that role? Um, so just monitor the teams this week because if he's going to play, he might score okay. So 40% owned, uh, just keep an eye on Blankets. All right, what about some uh, GWS players? And now the first name we've got here is Isaac mm. Cumming. Mm. So the other day we kind of, or the other week we picked between uh, Ash and Cumming and who yep. would you take going into this season? Yep. Uh, who do you think... Uh, 
who you think is standing out so far? Oh, definitely coming. It's the f- first thing I've got wrong all 2021. Yeah, it really uh, is. <laughs> yeah. Look, he's very, very good. Uh, Isaac coming and just comfortably taking care of Ash with my own internal wager there. He's taken, uh, he's had 24 touches and 22 of them were kicks, taking all the kickouts. He's been super impressive. Um, surprisingly, only 70, 70% owned. So there's still uh, some Isaac coming stocks to be taken. Look, I also like Ash, so it's not really between the two. I think it's just he Ash is a bit of a year behind in terms of uh, body development. Coming looks actually really quite uh, accomplished and, and solid. So, uh, Ash will get there. But, yeah, look, Isaac Cummings having a great year. Another one that's kind of popped out of nowhere is Harry Himmelberg. He had 74 points on the weekend, and he backed that up. We had 71 the week before. I think he's enjoying being that main man up forward. Yeah, someone you know? was going to benefit from Cameron being out. Yeah, 15 touches, six marks, and two goals, which is a pretty good result in a very poor side. It looks like he's working harder this year just to the eye and potentially just finding his mojo. You know, he's a key forward and he's 24. So, this is like his go time, 24 to 28, 29. So, if you are kind of keen, I wouldn't uh, talk you out of getting involved in Harry Himmelberg in, in some way. And lastly, big Matty Flynn, 72 points from him. Look, another solid game, 12 touches, three marks, four tackles. Only the 18 hitouts this week, uh, down from 34 the week prior. Now, I'm just a bit of a worry for me. Uh, Hunt, uh, Flynn's gone from playing Paul Hunter in his first ever game to playing Sean Darcy and Lloyd Meek. Now he's got to face Grundy, sorry, Gorn, Grundy and Hickey. A real warning sign for me. I think he could be a trade high if you can, if you've kind of picked him up as, you know, just a little bit of a, a side project. I think now might be the time to cash in because um, he's going to have a couple, oh, sorry, probably three or four tough weeks coming up. I think he will, but in terms of like, you know, the, the longevity of him, I think he'll be better for these opportunities though as well. He'll learn some real things over the next few weeks. And I think it'll be make or break time. I think it's probably the best place to like actually hold and just uh, have a look at how he's actually going to go against some decent opposition. Because if you are trading him, I don't think people are going to be that high on him because they just know Bruce is going to come back eventually anyway. Bruce is still probably four months away I know as well. that, yeah. but I'm saying like, if, like most people in a keeper league has a ruck right now. Yeah. So they're probably not going to be looking for, and they've probably got the backup, two backups to go with them, you mm-hmm. know, handcuffed. So they're probably not going to be looking to get someone like Flynn in. So I reckon he's just probably better off holding him, hoping he can learn from these experience coming up. And who knows, he might surprise a few as well because he's, he's definitely the, been the best of those kind of Hunter, Meek and, oh. uh, you know, and Flynn as well yeah. coming in. So I, I, I'm st- I've still got faith. Yes, he might suffer a bit in the next few weeks, but I think he'd be better for a long term. Yeah, I'd just probably then warn people starting him. Yeah, if you've got someone else, definitely use it. But again, most people own Proust. So. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Anyways, uh, let's talk about, uh, well, that wraps up the round rewind. So we'll get stuck into just the membership stuff quickly. Um, get waiver, the Wavewire podcast, uh, projections and weekly updates of the Breakout Tracker by becoming a member. Uh, the Breakout Tracker update went up today. So the projections, the Waiver Wire podcast will go out as soon as the uh, server that I upload it to is actually active because it's uh, still down and I can't get it. But I don't know, I'll find a way to get it out. Maybe I'll email it out or something. Hopefully, it's up by the time you're listening to this podcast anyway. Um, anyway, uh, so that's that. If you're keen to join up, uh, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au slash membership and you can uh, join up there. Um, each week, we read out... Uh, oh, sorry, the other thing I just want to probably make note of, we made note of this last week, that yeah, last year we used to um, end the memberships at October 30 and you have to re-sign up. So now we do yearly subscriptions. So if you sign up now, you'll get all of next preseason stuff, which is the, the real juicy stuff that you want to be 
be a member for. So if you get in now, you get a whole year's worth and you kind of continues over to next year. So it's probably a good time to sign up if you're thinking about it because you can get all the stuff for the rest of the season plus get all the pre-season stuff next year. But anyway, each week we read out the gold members. Uh, we read out five a week. And this week we've got Kevin Paul, Phil Brachia, uh, Nathan Ayres, Mason Davey, and Christopher Hedges. So thank you to all those members for signing up. And now we will get on to some projections. All right, on to the projections. Uh, if you didn't hear the podcast last week, we're doing it a little bit differently this year. Uh, each week, Kays and I are going to pick a captain option, which is outside of the top 10, so we can't pick any of the top 10 options on our projections. Uh, captain option, we're picking a loophole option, so that's someone within the first uh, four games of the round that uh, we think might be a good idea to put on your bench and see how they go before putting them on. Uh, a streamer, which is a player that we think will go well just for that week versus their opposition, and also we'll pick a way each week so someone under 65% owned on ultimate footy that we think is a good sign up for your team alright Kays tell us your captain and tell us why well last week I'll just recap I went Jack Bowes he got 92 so not the greatest captain option but uh, you know one who was serviceable as a VC look I'm going to go Jared Lyons this week I don't really have too much to back it up I just got some remedy gut feel that he's going to go big this week he has gone 95 and 99 in his last two games uh, plays at um, they're playing Collingwood at the Dome now. Um, I just got a feeling that he's going to go big. I have to change that on the projections. I just realised. Uh, so bear with me, those who are using the projections. Uh, it's set for the Gabba at the moment. Uh, last week I had Sam Walsh as my captain, who got eighty-seven, which is Ooh, not- that's one tick for K's. Yeah, you're on top of that one. Um, but yeah, this week I'm going with uh, Joel Selwood. Jeez. A bit of a left field one. Um, Average is one hundred and four against Hawthorne. Had one hundred and twenty-one BCV the last time. He played Hawthorne as well and he's in good form um, scored 104 last week as well so mm-hmm. I reckon he should turn up this week um, yeah if not you know chuck a VC on him and see how he goes as well except he's playing at the end of the round so that doesn't help anyone <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um, if he was playing early you could try that but you know he might be a, a fallback option if you still you know if you chuck the VC on someone and they stink it up he could be someone to uh, fall back on later in the round alright uh, loophole option K's who did you go last week I went I'm just bringing it up now no worries I'll scroll down I might be able to find it before you I reckon you went uh, with you went with Jordan Clark, didn't you? Jordan Clark? It's probably a good I option. Did. Yeah. Good, already have 77 we talked about yeah. before. So that's all right as a loophole because he's playable, you know, as a, if you, that's your worst defender. Yeah. So that's all right. This week, I'm going to go a little bit less well, It's field. probably a good loophole because he only scored 77. You might want to bring someone else on. Correct. Who knows? It's, it's almost work, the perfect. Could work both it's the ways. the fallback option. So actually, 77 is the worst one because you, you never know whether you should whether bring him right on. right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this week, I'm going to go a bit left field. I'm going to go Ben King. He had his PB fantasy score ever last year against the Crows, which was only a 68, which is uh, up, rounded up to 85 with the BCV, but kicked uh, three goals, two, had 13 tackles and six marks. So he's gone 75 and 62 this year. Look, with an understrength Crows backline, I doubt they're going to bring Taylor in straight off injury. I reckon he's good for a bag this week and could kind of get you that 80-odd. Yeah, I don't mind that one. I'm going to go with... I had Stephen Motlop last week, which is a, was a good it's one. A win. Um, one all. Yeah, one all, yeah. I've gone Paul Seisman this week. So, purely because he averages 86 against Gold Coast and had 91 uh, points the last time he played them as well. I reckon if you just put him on your bench, see how he goes. He plays Friday night as well, so you got him nice and early to make your decision with it as well and see who else you can bring on. So, uh, I don't mind Paul Seisman as my loophole option. Streamers. 
Yes, this or well, last week I went Lockie Keefe, who didn't do overly well. I think he had 60 off the top of my head. So, yeah, uh, got to be a bit better than that case. Uh, but this week I'm going Dougal Howard. So, defenders just to be just seem to be scoring very well against Essendon. He's only 23% owned. Uh, and for example, Aaliyah took eight marks last year. And I don't think there's any reason that Dougal can't do the same. Look, he had 15 kicks in round one and 23 kicks in round two. He's marking, he's kicking. I think he's a fantastic streamer option this week against a pretty weak Don side it will be. I really like that one. I had Dane Rampy as a streamer. I said he'd get 70 and he got 47, so not great there. One uh, to me. <laughs> another yeah. one. Uh, this week I'm going Tom Duday. Pretty much a player of a sim- pretty similar mould, really. Um, averages 94.5 against Gold Coast and had uh, 108 BCV last time he played them. Uh, but he had 74 last week, and I think with a trend of tall defenders taking marks, I don't mind Duday uh, this week as my streamer. Nice. And last one? Uh, my way to pick up. So I picked up uh, Tommy McDonald last week, and he had an 85, so well done, Arlen. But uh, look, waivers, I'm going with CJ Chang, uh, Chenkuth Jath. Yes, thank you. CJ Jath. CJ Jath. Yeah. Uh, 21 years old and just looks primed and confident. He's gone 67 and 86 in his last couple of weeks. Uh, looks to be an intercepting, rebounding defender for life. Uh, if you want even more reason, they've got the Cats, Frio, Melbourne and the Crows in the le- next four. So I like those matchups a bit uh, for someone like G- CJ. So, um, yeah, get on board him. Yeah, only 60-odd percent owned. No, 40-odd percent owned, I think. So, yeah, get involved. Last week, I cheated and went Errol Golden because he was still only 39% owned at the time. So Now he's 110% owned. I think he's 88 or something like that. So, Rightfully so. Yeah, I think I win that one. But yeah, I'm not claiming that as a victory because that's cheating. He's too good for way wire pulls anyway. Anyone with half a, like, you know, any league with half a fantasy now should have picked him up. Uh, this week, I'm going with Mitch Georgiata. So he had 91 last week playing Essendon. So granted, wasn't uh, wasn't um, a huge opposition to play against, but he instantly moves ahead of Todd Marshall for mine, Correct. which means he's probably going to get a fair run the season develop really well has immense talent has athletic ability I think you need to grab him now just for the future especially if you're in a deeper league where you can stash because mm-hmm. I think he's going to be definitely one of the guns of the future he's exciting he's got a bit of Norton-ishness about him he does a bit naughty isn't he yeah anyway uh, before we get on to the listener questions we've got an Apple review and this one is from Punt Mids I'm going to read this one out Kays go for uh, it let Harry go is what? the title of this review um, actually, we're talking about the Oracle, maybe not in this one. Surprised we haven't brought up Harry uh, Schoenberg yet. But anyway, um, actually, I'm not surprised. He's not good enough for the pod. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Great podcast from Punt Mids. Uh, he says, uh, me and my mate started a Keeper League this year and we are fantasy classic veterans. Uh, please keep the new pod pod. So get on to the Point of Difference podcast if you're on that. Um, and the podcast has, podcast has been a massive help to transition. The boys are hilarious. Debatable. Have the exact same voice, which definitely is weird. debatable. That's definitely debatable. And uh, one of them talks about Schoenberg. Way too much, but he's still giving us giving us ten out of ten. Must listen, but uh, sorry about talking about Schoenberg. So I haven't much. mentioned him for like two yeah, weeks. I, I think he's me. I think he's worried about me just hyping, harping on about how shitty he is. Like I should probably just, cut just leave him alone. Bit. Yeah, cut back a little bit. <laughs> Maybe that's the issue. Uh, but anyway, thanks, punt mids, and uh, yeah, we'll get on to the listener questions.
All right, in that little musical break, uh, Kays has put on some eyeliner. He's uh, dyed his hair and he started screaming, leave Harry alone uh, at the top of his lungs. He's waking up the kids, man. It's just, uh, yeah, Sorry, keep, keep it down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's uh, move on to the first question of the night. Uh, this one's from at uh, Trav014. Kays, are wingmen struggling with the new style of play? Only round two, but a lot are looking lost. What do you think? Uh, look, it's going to be something that people take a bit of time to adapt to. I think... Uh, everyone just kind of backed in wingmen to be like the the natural winners from this game because um, yeah because of the gut running etc and, and the ball movement but potentially just because it's moving so quick like it's almost jumping their line if that makes sense yeah. but look guys who are smart like you know Gaff Phillips people that we just thought would just absolutely go bananas uh, they're fit enough to get back into the game they're going to be fine it's just going to be a slight um, changing of you know structures for teams because yeah. you know guys like Gaff or Tom Phillips or whatever who've kind of had slow starts to seasons those guys are incredibly important to their side so coach is going to find a way to get them involved in the footy it might be as simple as just they need to position themselves further up the field yeah or just yeah. You know, they've got to hold back a bit yeah, instead of going too exactly. early or, or yeah, they're kind of in no man's so, land at the moment yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be worrying too much at all because coaches will always catch up with the new trend. So, um, yeah, just just hold firm. All right. Uh, next question, Case. Yes. At the Sultans underscore UF, what's your read on James Warple's slow start to the season? Uh. Time on ground hovering around 70% for both games. Question of fitness or form? Well, I think the big thing with his scoring is tackling's down overall. So, um, I'm not sure if that's to do with the new rules overall or what, but he's one that kind of benefits from a few tackle numbers. So, he's not getting those. Yeah, the low time on ground, he did come off shoulder surgery in the offseason, I think, as well. So, they might be just trying to struggle to get him back in. But I think Mitchell is probably back to his- um, yeah, Back to his best. Back, yeah, back to his max capability. And I think it's just struggling to gel with him in there as well. I give him time. I think he needs to kind of find his place and find his role. He was kind of the top dog almost for a year and a half, and now he's kind of yeah. not- back in he's not he's not that anymore so he's just got to kind of work out how to play alongside him I think well his best year coincided with Mitchell not being there correct so, and yeah. then Mitchell took so long to kind of get back to full you know capacity mm-hmm. last year as well where Wolf had a slow start the year last year too and then went bang at the end of the year so it could very well be that too so mm-hmm. I wouldn't stress too much with Wolf alone as a kid's a gun um, at Russ2468 uh, what's the most laughable trade you've been offered I just got offered Chapman uh, a first gamer for Cogs rolling on the floor laughing rolling on the floor laughing rolling on the floor laughing repeated it's a lot of ruffles times. that is Yes. What's the worst trade you've received? Uh, look, we get horrible trade requests each week in our home league, Hef. Yeah. I don't know. It's, there's just so many bad ones. It's too, I, look, the only one I can remember currently is another league. I've been offered uh, Jeremy Howe for both Jordan Clark and Lockie Whitfield because, you know, someone's looking to go for the future and I'm in the window. So, uh, there's always going to be weird ones that pop up. <laughs> I don't know. Just just laugh them off, I think, is all you can do. There's a few guys in our league, I think, that um, take pride in it. Well, they, I think they just also, I don't know if they actually legit think like, oh, they won't know that this guy's going to debut this week. I'll send him a sneaky trade offer yeah. for something half shit. And I'm like, man, we run a fantasy podcast. <laughs> yeah. like, we're going to be on top of that. <laughs> but I don't know. There's a few trades like that, but I think they're just kind of taking the piss half the time as well. So uh, none really spring to mind because they happen so often. But yeah, just <laughs> fucking anytime someone is kind of like half talked about in the media, half talked about debuting, yeah. um, half talked about a role change like Scrimshaw last year, there'll be a million trade offers come through and they're all bad. So yep. yeah, that's just what happens that's keep legs in it at Kang Daddy Dylan Stevens and James Cousins which one would you keep 
I'd keep both because I think they both have potential. But if mm-hmm. I had to keep just one, I'd probably keep Stevens purely because he's younger and he's really struggling to get into a young Sydney side, but I think he'll work hard to get back into it. Um, and that Sydney star is performing well as well. So it's not like he's struggling, he can't get into it. Um, he had a bit of an injury um, or off-season or, off, or through the, throughout the preseason. But Cousins is the same. He's been injured too. But the reason why I just go Stevens is a bit younger. Uh, sorry, Stevens is a bit younger. And I guess, um, I don't know, I feel like there's more going to be a spot for him long-term where I think Cousins still hasn't really earned one yet. Um, it's hard to call now though. Um, we'll have to wait and see. What do you reckon? You know you're a big Cousins man. I'm a big Cousins man, but yeah, some of these guys have filled the gap pretty nicely there. But saying that, there's probably still a few guys in that Hawthorne lineup who could probably come out. Whereas I think the kids at Sydney are playing, you know, you got your Golden Warner, Campbell and stuff like, where do you try and slot Dylan Stevens in there? That's I'm the thinking problem. more in five years time, who do you think is going to be the better player? Uh, yeah, Stevens. Yeah, so that's the way anyway I'm thinking about it. That said, if you're in a league like ours, it's very hard to keep players like that for that Correct. amount of time. So anyway. Uh, at Johnny Hogan, what's going on with Andrew McPherson? Another one of my dud picks. Um, look, he's never been a huge scorer. It's just that we saw in the preseason. Oh, not we. Oh, sorry. Well, I saw you. in the preseason. Yeah, because you didn't actually watch any footy in the Correct. preseason. Correct, so therefore I couldn't have this horrible <laughs> take. Um, look, we just thought he'd, oh, I thought he'd jump into Laird's role and that's what it seemed like in that preseason game. But Kay's flagged it pretty much brilliantly last week perfectly that with two of their lockdown defenders getting injured last week he'd have to play tighter this week so uh, I think Brown and Kelly are both tests this week so we'll see what happens he might actually go yeah. okay with those two in but yeah we'll wait and see I think Kelly passes his 12 day knockout thing this oh, did week he have a, did so he have a broken nose as well I don't know but I think they were talking about the radio that he could be back so yeah, maybe I imagine I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah I think he did but whether that would keep you out for more than a week I'm not sure yeah, but they should be around the market yeah you kind of need to get a bit of clear air before you really know what's going on with McPherson. Yeah, exactly. And with, you know, them playing at full strength to see what's actually going to happen with his role. Um, Stuart Ward, what happened to Sarong's time on ground this week? Only started spiking after Fife's injury. Um, He's not too sure about that. Yeah. But um, look, he's never been a big time on ground player so far in his career. He's had 80% uh, time on ground once in his 16 game career. That's his highest, 80%. So he's always hovered around the 75 to 75% mark and sometimes even in the 60. And I think Fife coming back impacting his scoring is like, that's probably just happening a little bit, but Fife's also spending time forward. So I wouldn't worry too much. I think... um, yeah, it just takes a bit of adjustment learning to play with Fife a bit, I think, as well. And Fife will probably miss this week, so we'll have to wait and see what happens there. I think we talked about it last week as well. Like, second-year players never really get a lot of time on ground percentage. Like, yeah. even as good as Depends someone like wrong is. Yeah, but, yeah. like, they're, they're, their bodies are still not actually ready for AFL football. You need, like, three or four seasons before you're, like genuinely a running machine that kind of thing so they're not going to flog the guts out of someone like Sarong when he's still in the you know someone like Brayshaw a couple years ago when I didn't rate him or whatever like he still needed to get when you used to, when you used to get things wrong, yeah, back in the <laughs> olden days. But you know, like it took him a while. He was playing super low time on ground numbers too, and now I reckon if you looked, he'd be well up and truly, you know, uh, high seventies, etc. Yeah, and obviously the second year as well, they get a lot more attention put into them, so they've got to kind of figure it out a bit, and that's why the third year is generally the breakout year. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Clayton asks, "Is Rob dead?" <laughs> yes. Rest in peace. No, he's not dead. I don't know. He's just like every Ruckman that's kind of played so far has probably had one half decent score. Rob mm-hmm. hasn't gone over 50 yet. That's concerning. But once yeah. again, I think, you know, I'd, I'm more than happy to give someone like him a primo a bit of time to work into the season. Yeah, it's just where he would have gone in a lot of drafts. Oh, uh, yeah. He's definitely, definitely. Definitely. I get that, but. You can't sell him now for 48 he had last week. That's you disgusting. can't sell him off the back of two bad games. What do you have? 24 hitouts. So he actually got beaten in the hitouts by Hickey as well. That's 
pretty concerning. Um, anyway, Ben Blake, uh, what did Gaff do to his teammates <laughs> to, uh, to all stop kicking the ball to him? I'd assume with the longer quarters and the lower interchange, this game would be perfect for him. I traded Hugh Greenwood and my future first round for him. So, what do you think, Gaze? Uh, firstly, I got poo-hooed when I said that Kelly would outscore yeah, Gaff. You didn't give us a reason. You just said it would happen. Remedy gut feel. <laughs> yeah, I've been drinking exactly. so much Remedy, my gut can't miss. <laughs> I know. That's the problem. Hey, drink Remedy and you become a fantasy superstar and, uh, and eat Zambrero's burritos. Too. It's fact. Uh, yeah. But I wouldn't push the panic button yet, just yet. As we touched on before, I think everything will work itself out okay. Gaff's too good a player not to um, get into the game and, and be a good scorer. Uh Future first round. I still think you're going to be on top. Like Gas yeah, still young enough that, especially if you're contending, it, it's fine. And, and Greenwood's not having the greatest year either. So it's all good. Don't panic. Uh, Simon Evans. I pegged Blake Hardwick for improvement this year, but he's exceeded my expectations. Uh, would you put his scoring down to improvement in his current role in defence or just a purple patch? Um, well, defenders are taking a lot more marks in defence. That's one thing we know. And he took 15 of them on the weekend. Ridiculous. So, yeah, if he can take marks, he's going to go okay. I just wouldn't be expecting 135 from him each week. But no. I could definitely see him becoming like maybe best case, best case he could average 80 this year, which would be pretty bloody handy. Mm. He often takes a few kick-ins too, he if I'm not mistaken does, as yeah. well. So I think he's got a bit of a, he's going to see a bit of a bump this year, but I just wouldn't be expecting, you know, to be uber primo, but mm. definitely be serviceable, maybe a, a, a D3, D4 kind of range. I think he's going to be pretty handy there. Tend to agree. Uh, at Sav Brigus, is it worth using one of my 10 waiver wire pickups to swap Nank for Stanley? Uh, there's a 50-point average difference in their scoring system currently between the two. Hef, what would you do? If you've only got 10, yeah, maybe. I don't know if you'd swap. Could you get rid of someone that like have two rucks, like get rid of someone else and have both of them so you can kind of fluctuate yeah. between them? That's probably what I'd prefer to do if you could actually do that, if it doesn't have to be like for like. Um I know. How often do you find 10 good players that you're going to get off the waiver wire that none of your teammates are actually going to touch? I don't know. That's Stanley's probably- seeming playing very well and Nank's not playing great, but yeah. I- I'm the same with you. I think I think Nank can bounce back and I'd hate to put him back in. And I'd like then- to have both of them if I could. Yeah. If there's some way you can That's do that. That's a good call. I didn't even Get rid think of someone's shit to, then on your list. Surely, do that. Surely. Listen to Hef yeah. and once. for once. And lastly, Cameron Fox. Hey, man, we have our RFA window open next week and he's got pick one. Sell me on either James wait, Jordan. Wait, 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 wait. We have to sell him on James Jordan. Why do we have to sell him on James Jordan? Let me keep going. You yeah, no, no, someone no. Else. I'm, just, I'm just saying Sam that. Sam Wicks, Justin McInerney or the Texan. He's in the window this year, but uh, obviously if he selects a good keeper, he'd be happy to. Now, you said on either. But do, do we legitimately, legitimately have to say anything about James no, Jordan? No, it's James Jordan. It's James, get James Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> if you got to pick one, yeah. that's a no-brainer. Yeah. But anyway, no, Wicks would be this. good, McInerney would be good, but I still think there's going to be a lot of better Sydney players than them. The Tex is in his last year or two. Yes, he's getting a bit of a, a resurgence, but yeah. Uh, yeah, James Jordan all the way. Yeah, get on James Jordan. All right, that wraps it up. Uh, hopefully, I can upload the Waver Wire podcast soon. The server comes back. But uh, yeah, if you want to um, sign up as a member to get access to that, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au. You and uh, click on membership from there. Also, get around us on our socials uh, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, drink some Remedy Kombucha. Use Keeper Twenty. I think it's the last week of the Keeper Twenty code on the Remedy store as well. So, get involved, get involved in that. Also, uh, get involved in our 
burrito, Zambreros uh, competition, or just if you really want, go grab one yourself and yeah. take a photo and tag us in it. And yeah, we heck yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, interact on uh, our, our burrito choices and uh, give us your best tips on uh, ordering a burrito because I definitely need some work. Anyways, guys, good episode and I will talk to you next week. No, you won't. It'll be two weeks' time, three weeks' time. You're on your honeymoon. I am. I'm off. All right. So next week, I think we've got Doss on the show. Ooh, so, yeah. the golden tonsils. That's it. So should be pretty interesting for listeners. Now that I've advertised it, here's to commit to it. So um, Sucked yeah. in Doss, you're yeah. in. Exactly. All right, cool. We'll talk to you next week. And uh, Kays, have a good couple of weeks off on your honeymoon. See you soon, guys.